0: I wouldn't mind retiring to Oxford because it's just, it's this different world of incredible memories and opportunities.
1: Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Beyond High Street. David Schwab with you today. On the pod, we've got Jeff Pegues. Jeff was just back on campus a couple weeks ago as the commencement speaker for the 2019 graduating class of Miami University. He leads CBS News's Justice and Homeland Security reporting and has been in the news media for 27 years. You'll love the story that he shares in the pod about how he went from a scholarship football player to walking by a hall on campus and just a little sign outside that piqued his interest that got him into TV. And he has been thriving for 25 years plus. He's also written two books one on police and race relations and two in the past year about Russia interfering with the election and you can hear it in his voice just the passion and interest not only to report but to to learn and uncover and he's intrigued by news and matters that are important of today i really enjoyed my opening question or really not the question but the answer of How nervous were you on the commencement and what were you thinking what how are you going to prepare and talk to four or five thousand students that are 21 years old and looking to you for inspiration about what's next and uh, his comments are are poignant and thoughtful and just really appreciate how he calls miami home as many of us do i hope everyone enjoys the pod i certainly did
0: That was probably one of the toughest processes uh, I've ever been through, only because it's just, you know, when, you, when you're asked to speak at a commencement, you know, people usually ask you to do those things because they think that you have some sort of wisdom to impart. And so when President Crawford asked me to do it, uh, Frankly, yeah. I mean, I, I've been through a lot of different things, both professionally and personally over the last 27 years since I graduated from Miami. But still, yeah, it took me weeks and weeks of just thinking, and I kept reworking things in my head. And um, one thing, though, that I wanted to... Uh, convey to the students is that I'm not perfect. Mm. I mean i've I've succeeded. Um, if you know your definition of succeeding is reaching the top of the uh, news business, uh, both in local news and network news, you know by those metrics, yeah, I've done well. However, you know there have been mistakes and setbacks along the way, and Um, you know, there have been personal struggles along the way as well. Um, and so these are all of the things that I thought about as as I was trying to put that speech together. Um, you know, again, I did not want them to think that the road ahead was going to be straight and easy. It is going to be tough, Um, And it takes resolve. It takes this will to overcome adversity. And it takes confidence and this feeling that, you know, you can't give up on yourself. And even if other people don't believe in you, you still have to keep believing. Uh, And so those are the things that I thought about. And those are the things that I wanted to convey to the students. I don't know if I was successful in doing (laughs) that, but I, uh, frankly, I felt better after because I think it was... It was as honest as anyone could possibly be, and that's what I wanted to be. I mean, for me, Miami is home. Uh, the, the faculty, a lot of the faculty there, a lot of the administrators there, they've become like family. Uh, and if I couldn't be honest with uh, Miami University, then I just, you know, it's just, it, it was something that I felt I had to do, and I was hoping that through that message, the students would get uh, my message to them as, you know, put down the phone, um, don't be, you know, it's good to to work hard, don't be obsessed with work, find other things outside of work, uh,
1: and when you have adversity, push through it. So that that was the message. And one of those traits you said in there was, keep believing. So when you were 21 or 25 and you had maybe some of those struggles or you, or you were trying to figure out what was next, what did you do? How did you keep the, the belief up for yourself? Well, when I was coming out of
0: Miami, I was pretty optimistic. Mm. And I think most students coming out of, you know, graduating from college, they're going to be pretty optimistic yeah, it's going to be daunting looking for that first job, but I think overall they're going to be pretty optimistic. Why? Because, you know, most of them don't have a mortgage. They don't have other responsibilities that are sort of tying them down. Um, The world is sort of open to them. Uh, And that was true for me in that I was pretty optimistic that, okay, I'm going to, you know, once I get that first job, I'm just going to work hard and i'm not going to take no for an you know i'm not going to take no for an answer and i'm just going to push 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 and i'm going to get another job another job after that and so i was optimistic and yeah things sort of worked out that way but you do encounter points throughout your career where you, you hit these major stumbling blocks. And, you know, when I was in my 20s, I thought, okay, I'm going to be Tom Brokaw by the time I'm 30. You know, I'm going to be at the top of the business. And it didn't work out that way. In fact, when I got to WABC, and I think it was 2003, which is the number one local station in the world, or at least that's what they like to tell you, but it's really it's a really good... Uh, an incredible local news station. And that was considered the top of local news. And I was one of their top reporters and uh, filling in anchoring on this broadcast that you know had a captive audience of a million people. I mean, it was just the numbers, the ratings were incredible. The numbers were incredible. Whenever I'd walk the streets of New York, people would recognize me. But even then I felt like I reached a plateau Uh, And I felt, okay, well, maybe this will be it for me. I'll retire from here. And then CBS News came calling. But you do go through these phases where you're wondering, well, have have I reached the end of my career? Maybe there's something I should do next. Uh, and those are some of the challenges you face along the way. But, yeah, when I came out of Miami, I was optimistic. And that's, that's again, going back to that commencement speech, is you just go through these different phases. And you, you never know when, you know, maybe some sort of health problem will hit you or someone you love or when uh, perhaps your marriage doesn't work out and you end up with a divorce and how you change, how you're impacted by that. So you have little things Little life events that hit you along the way that sort of bat you around and change your focus, change your direction. Uh, uh, and that happens to all of us, right? And the question is, how do, overcome, how do you overcome that? How do you live with that? How do you respond to those situations?
1: Yep. Yeah, and, and at what age did you think or know you were going to be in the media and uh, want to be on air? Well,
0: I, I went to Miami first, pre-med, because my parents thought, oh, we don't have any doctors in the family. Okay, so I'll, I'll be a doctor. But I, I got to Miami, I, was, I walked on uh, the football team, ended up getting a scholarship, uh, but also realized that, you know, I really don't like the sight of blood. Uh, so, do I really want to be a doctor? And no, biology uh, classes. You know that is not my passion. Uh, and so I got out of that and uh, started focusing on other things. But initially, my focus was, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make it to the NFL, or I, you know, I'm gonna be some sort of pro football player at some point. You know, this is my focus. But toward my junior year, I realized, you know, this is not going to work out as a career for me. I could be... I mean, I ran a 4-4, so I had world-class speed, and I was, you know, pound for pound, one of the strongest players on the team. But I realized that I didn't want to spend my life in football pads, frankly. Uh, I love the game, but it was... It was a full-time commitment at Miami, and I knew, I started to realize that, oh, well, maybe I don't want to make this such a huge part of my life. Once I graduate from Miami, and one day I just happened to be walking by Williams Hall, and there was a sign outside that said auditions for the college television news program. And I walked in and auditioned, and the professor said, hmm. I think you have a future in this business. Incredible! And that's when I realize, oh, okay, maybe I do. Let me
1: let me follow this path. That's fascinating. You, there's been a number of people that I've talked to on this pod when I when I say Miami and you home was one of the first words you you said in your first sentence back. But I said, what, you know, why Miami? What to provide? And and everyone there seems to be a common word of. Miami provides an opportunity and then you have to take advantage of it and and just walking by there and seeing the sign and walking in Williams Hall I mean it it screams the opportunity it still takes the person uh and it's the type of person that I believe that actually goes to Miami that always wants to follow through on that so that's interesting Yeah I I I think you're
0: right I I think I think that is the common thread through Miami is that, um, yeah, you have this really nurturing environment for college students. I mean, first of all, it's a beautiful campus, and I just recently took my um, uh, daughter who is or was a senior in high school to visit the campus, and it's just a beautiful campus. And I spent the last year visiting campuses all over the country with my daughter, and Miami still stands out, but it's not just the campus; it's the people on the campus too that I think make it different in this special place. And as an adult going back, I've just I've developed these bonds with uh, with some of the professors that uh, who used to teach me there, and uh, President Crawford, who has been great. And you just see how. Special the place is. And then you see the programs that they're offering now that we didn't have 25, 27 years ago. You know, study abroad in all of these interesting places. Uh, and then, you know, when we graduated, we didn't have the technology that they have now. And how that just opens up so many new worlds for these students. Uh, But though we didn't have that technology, we had other opportunities there that sort of broadens your perspective. Uh, And that happened with me, and that's why, frankly, I ended up on this path toward journalism.
1: So you, you, you don't like blood, but... 27 years later, you're, you're doing and reporting justice and homeland security on national news. So the, it, it comes around a little bit in the news for you. So talk about your different roles from local to, to network of what you like to report on or what, what, what keeps you thriving every day on what you want to learn on the subjects that you're reporting on. Well, that's that's a good
0: question because I I do struggle with this because, you know, as the chief justice and homeland security correspondent for the CBS Evening News, yeah, most of the stories that I cover are depressing. Mm -hmm. They're sad. I mean, just a week ago I was reporting on the unfolding tragedy in Virginia Beach as 11 people were gunned down by a, a colleague. You know, and I'm doing these things live on the air, and it's, you know, I've covered so many active shooter situations that sometimes I wonder if there's, you know, some sort of, frankly, PTSD developing because it's just it is traumatic. It is traumatic talking about these things. It is traumatic covering these things, and is certainly traumatic being a part of these incidents, but they're happening regularly, unfortunately, in this country. And that is one of one of the major uh, topics that I cover. I've also written a book about the Russia investigation and how the Russian uh, government sought to influence this democracy. It's, um, the book is called uh, How Compromise, How Russia Undermined America, American Democracy. So that's another serious topic. Mm-hmm. And I tend to get immersed in these topics because I I think they are important. You know, the fact that um, you have Vladimir Putin trying to influence what Americans think and do, to me it is is one of the most important issues of the day that, frankly, still has not been addressed uh, so that in the future we won't see these types of intrusions. In fact, the, the threat has increased since 2016. You know, and so these are some of the issues that I cover. I also wrote a book about uh, the relationship between the black community and police. Uh, it's called Black and Blue. Um, another topic that I was interested in because... You know, I was the first black justice and homeland security correspondent for CBS News at a time when there were these police shootings. There was Ferguson, uh, there was the incident in Baltimore with Freddie Gray, and I thought, well, with my experience, um, you know, I can provide a unique perspective that hopefully brings something to this debate so that people on both sides understand what's going on. So, yeah, I mean, these are weighty topics that I have to deal with um sometimes you know i i wonder sometimes how much longer i can cover uh these very serious issues you know i have other things i'm interested in um but you know at this time you know this is the right thing i think for me to do i had a chance to once i came out of miami going into sports uh and while you know sports is something that i'm passionate about i I am more intrigued by other issues beyond sports. Um, You know, cybersecurity is something that I'm interested in uh, as well, which is another growing uh, threat to this country. Um, So, you know, there are many things on this, this vast beat. I mean, on my beat, I cover CIA, FBI, NSA, DOJ, uh, so there is enough, unfortunately, to keep me busy.
1: And, and what, uh, what is it about writing that you've now added to your plate with these two books that uh, goes above and beyond what were, you were doing just as a, I don't say just as, but from, a, from an uh, audio video perspective of, of being on air? Well, writing for TV and writing for book
0: you know, writing for print are two very, very different things. And that's something that I learned on the fly as I wrote these two books. (laughs) But it was important for me uh, to, to, uh, I wanted to inject my experience and what I'd been learning from my sources into the conversation. And that was one way to do it. Uh, It just sort of gives you a platform and And that's what it um, provided for me, and I was thankful for that. Um, But it's a tough process. I mean, I was working 16-hour days, 14, 16-hour days for CBS News, and then on my weekends and vacations writing books. I think on a personal level, I think that's what uh, contributed at least to um, some of the stress uh, in my personal life. But, um, no, I don't regret writing the books. I think I think they are important. And, you know, even though I wrote the, the book on the Russian influence campaign uh, during uh, 2016, what I'm most proud of is that everything that I put in that book, you know, when I wrote it two years ago... It's still relevant today, and it's still accurate today. Um, and so I, you know, even though I wrote the book in six months, uh, I'm proud of how it turned out and how, you know, looking back, it's one of those books and, that I think people can turn to if they really want information about what the Russians were up to and why they were doing it. Uh, you know, that's something that they can find in my book. Um, but it was a tough, tough process. Um and I you I keep getting asked to do more books and I keep telling people, um, let me take a
1: breath for <laughs> at least five years before I write the next one. Um, but we'll see. Hmm. And and you talked about and go back to the word home from Miami. And, and you mentioned some words about the, the environment, the beautiful campus when you're visiting this past year with your daughter and as well when you showed up for commencement. When, when, you, when you drove into Oxford just a few weeks ago for a commencement, right, right when you, you get through city or right when you start to see the brick buildings, what, what emotions trigger or what do you think right away? Well, right away, I think. I can't believe how
0: old I am. <laughs> That's the Me first too. thing that Me comes too. to mind. Right? I mean, jeez. You know, 27 years I've been out of Miami, and it just it seems like yesterday. Um, although, as I said, when you look at, around at the campus, they have so much more than what we had, and the, the, the Armstrong Center there, it's just they have so many incredible places to go and things to do. But it just, it always takes me back to you know, those days when I lived in Dodd's Hall and then in Hepburn and would have to walk down to the stadium or take my bike down to the stadium to work out at 6 o'clock or 5 o'clock in the morning and then ride the bike up and get breakfast and go to class. Um, or the the year I spent living in the fraternity house, Um the Phi Psi fraternity house and sleeping in some attic <laughs> with with no roof on it, and you have like thirty guys up there with electric blankets. If that wasn't a fire hazard, I mean, it's just the things that we used to do uh, as just stupidity, really. Um, but it was all fun. It was all what made me into the guy that I am today. And and so when I go back. I love it. In fact, I was telling my kids recently that I wouldn't mind retiring to Oxford because it's just, it's this different world of incredible memories and
1: opportunities. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you for taking the time. Three-time award winner, Emmy Award winner, and doing great work for CBS and as an author now. I loved his last comment about feeling so old coming back on campus I did feel that a little bit when I was just there for alumni weekend which was so much fun but again thank you Jeff appreciate everybody listening see y'all at Skippers real soon